Yeah, no, I didn't make this up. I, it's you couldn't make it up. It's too good. Jeez, that, that would be so It's great. like falling into a uh, fat of M&M's naked. <laughs> and then like the, you know, a, uh, like a crane comes over and drops a tank full of Nutella on you. Oh man, that would be a great way to go. <laughs> Why are they under oh, that suspended Lord. load? Because that suspended load is Nutella, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. I think that's brilliant. Hey, everybody. Pre-Accident Podcast. I am Todd Conklin. I'll be your host for this exciting podcast. Yes, I think I can promise excitement on this podcast. We'll see what you think, but I think this podcast is probably exactly what you needed. It's uh, it's what the doctor ordered, and it's all for you. How are you? So let me just ask a couple questions before we go much further. Um, how much personal self-care are you doing? Um, so take care of yourself. Keep your nose covered. That's, uh, that's a really important thing. And then the second question is, is how much are you checking in on other people? So the one outstanding silver lining in this kind of horrific occurrence that we're in the middle of is that the connections as human beings between us uh, seems to become richer in a way, which is probably really necessary and very good. But the ability to check in on one another, to just kind of see where we are in this this wild ride seems to make quite a difference. I'm quite impressed by it. And that's meaningful. I have no knowledge, no Oracle of the future to tell us what's next. We're starting to see reopening almost globally. Um, and so that's got positives, I guess. Yeah, there's positives to it. There's also potential risks there for sure on the downside. And uh, I've just been profoundly impacted by just how people are rising to the occasion to actually perform work um, across industry all over the globe has been amazing. The feedback from you guys is quite stunning as well. The chance to get together and sit in on little discussions or talks or, or little kind of group work sessions or these little fun uh, Zoom calls we have where we sit around at the end of the day and kind of talk to each other and recap and kind of check in. Those are really important. You can you can feel the importance of them because time kind of zooms by and uh, and you, you do get to stay connected. It, it's going to be an interesting couple of years for sure. Uh, I, I think our chances to get together in person have probably been dramatically reduced. But that doesn't mean our chances to get together have been reduced. I just think we're going to have to find creative ways to do that. And that's kind of what the point of today's podcast is all about. So today we're going to talk to Ron Gant, the fabulous Ron Gant, a, just an a excellent human being, just a, a dear, dear person. And very early in the quarantine activity, when things really screeched to a halt, Ron did something really interesting, and that is he, he just started to put together, I don't even know what to call them, uh, 
workshops, but that's that's too structured. Um, these kind of get-togethers, maybe that's a good word for it. That's kind of a Midwest, uh, North American word, get-together. But uh, these get-togethers where he just would put people in little groups of about 15 or 20 and, and just talk about topics and, and kind of check in on one another and continue to learn, continue to build skills and depth and to talk a lot about improvisation and adaption and capacity and resilience and safety and all the things we talk about. And they've really taken off. They started small as they probably should. And they just got larger and larger and more interesting. And now they're full blown presentations with, you know, excellent, um, just, I mean, very informative, excellent. Now they're kind of almost, they do feel like workshops. And so I wanted to sort of talk to Ron about that and, and see, I guess a couple things. One is why do you do it? And I think you can probably answer that question, but it's fun to hear him say it. Two is what are you getting from it? And that was really a great question. And then three, what's the future look like? What's the future look like for those of us who are in the business? What's the future look like at the pointy end of the stick? What's the future look like for us? And, and what are we going to do about it? And uh, it's a great conversation. It's a it's an excellent conversation to have in the ninth day of May of 2020 in the middle of a global pandemic because it's encouraging, it's positive, it's funny, uh, and it it helps me have faith in the belief that we will get through this. This is a hinge event, and we will bounce forward out of it, and we're going to come out of it better. And I'm not saying that because I'm uh, being overly optimistic. I'm saying that because if we don't come out of this better, we're stupid. If we don't use this opportunity to bounce forward, if we don't use the latitude this pandemic has created for us to change some of the traditional things that were probably not helping us and probably were dragging us down, we're stupid. We, we need to very much bounce forward out of this. And that's the conversation we're going to have. So thanks for listening. Tell your friends for sure. Subscribe. If you get a chance, that's always meaningful. Um, the, the podcast numbers, I say this almost every week, but it's because I'm amazed at almost every week, the number of downloads has dramatically increased. So a lot of people are listening, which is good. If you've got ideas, suggestions, and comments of things you want to talk about, Man, now is the time we can get them on. There's some big ones coming up, so hold on to your hat. But maybe what I should do now is kind of shut up and let you enjoy the conversation. Uh, This is Ron, Gant, and myself chatting about the world as we know it. Here we go. So, okay, Ron, what advice do you have for the world? What are you thinking? How's this changing what you're doing? How's it changed the industry? What's the future? I got millions of questions for you because you're sort of, I mean, you're spending a lot of time on these little Zooms you're doing, which what a cool thing. It's a great idea. It's really thoughtful. It builds community. I'm very, very proud of you. Um, That's that's a cool thing to do. You say that to all the Rons. I do. Pretty much everyone I talk to, I say the same thing. <clears throat> but that's uh, that's just efficiency. I'm I'm optimized <laughs> towards efficiency. So what do you think? I mean, what are you thinking? What's why do you start these Zoom calls? Well, so first off, the the Zoom calls. Um, yeah, I just realized that 
it, you know, the first week of the shelter in place order here in California, I was like, man, it's pretty quiet. <laughs> um, uh, I bet I'm not the only one who's feeling a bit weird about all this. Um, and we have the technology, so why not just put it out there and see if we can keep the community together, talking to each other, um, learning together, growing together during this time. I mean, it's, it's sort of like, especially for a lot of people who are out of work or, you know, working from home and less busy or laid off or whatever, it just seems like a good opportunity to keep spirits up, um, keep people looking forward, you know, I don't know, just keep growing. How'd you figure out the topics or did that even really matter? Well, I mean, so like initially I just sort of made it up. Um, I just thought, okay, what are some things that I would like to a talk about? Um, I mean, that was like, part of it was like, uh, what do I want to talk about that I think is interesting? Um, and then I thought, well, okay, I can't be totally selfish. Uh, you know, so I probably should have stuff for other people too. And so I thought, okay, maybe I can give some presentations, you know, like introduction to the new view or different topics that I've presented on that might be interesting. But, you know, since, since then it's sort of just like grown, you know, I've get lots of people poking their heads in, um, and given ideas, you know, Hey, it'd be great if we talked about accountability, it'd be great if we had a presentation on safety culture. Um, and then, you know, I start to get people saying that not only are they suggesting topics, but they're, Hey, I would like to present something on this, you know? So we've had like, um, you know, different researchers come in, you know, uh, Daniel Hammerdahl has come in and talked about the work he's doing. And I don't know, it's, it's just kind of cool. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of grown organically the topics and, and whatnot. How many folks do you think uh, are participating or have participated? Well, so I try to keep the session small because I really want to encourage discussion. Um, so, I mean, I say that I try to limit it to 10, but don't tell anybody this. Uh, <laughs> I typically don't do that. I usually overbook them all. Um, and just because I know, A, people drop out and also B, I'm a pushover and I have a hard time saying no. Yes. Uh, it's which is so, why, which is why you're so much fun to date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, so I, I keep the session small. Um, and, you know, I get like a lot of the same people coming in. So we're kind of building a community of people who are having these conversations. But you also get new people poking their heads in every once in a while from different industries. And we literally are getting people from all over the world. Um you know, I think the only continents that we haven't had a representative from, I don't know that we've had anybody from Africa yet, and I don't think we've had anybody from Antarctica. But outside of that, we've hit everywhere else. That's amazing. Um, it's it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And, and I, we, I tried to, to structure the time frames to, you know, going back to our time zone discussion, be uh, kind of easy for people to get to. So I've got one in, in the more early in the morning to kind of catch the people in Europe. And then I got one in the evening or after, I'm sorry, afternoon to kind of catch people, um, you know, in uh, Australia, early morning for Asia kind of thing. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, it's, it's just the notion of building community with so much uncertainty and so much ambiguity. 
anything you can sort of count on to to find support, I think, is worthwhile. What's your how are you doing? How are you coping? I mean, this had to have impacted your business. It's impacted everybody's business. What are you doing to cope? Yeah, so I mean, part of my coping are these <laughs> is the sessions. Yeah, I mean, that, but that it, totally it, makes it, sense. I mean, that that's a smart idea. But like, I mean, outside of that, it's you know, um, reaching out to to clients and you know, seeing what help they need. And um, there's a lot of people who are you know dealing with shifts in how they do work um, and. And that's changing day to day. Like, you know, in California here, uh, we went from everything being dead to they just recently announced, at least in the Bay Area, construction can get started again. And so people are going from, you know, skeleton crews to now we need to ramp up really fast. And so that's that's kind of keeping us busy. I mean, myself, I'm doing a lot more virtual things, um, virtual webinars, sessions, classes, coaching sessions. Which is, is it's quite a change, you know. I mean, I'm. It's kind of weird that this technology has been around for a while, but all a lot of us are just getting used to it and realizing, you know, both the limits and possibilities of it. Um, but I think that's kind of a, a spark for innovation. You know, I'm finding new ways to do classes and you know interact with people that I've never thought of before, and so it's kind of cool. Do you see this change as somewhat permanent? I mean, are we in this for a while? I think so. I mean, I think so. First off, I don't think COVID's going to go away anytime soon. I think it's uh, it's going to be around for a while. So there's going to be um, reduced operational tempos, uh, shifted operations. You know, lots more working from home and things like that for a long time. And then I think even after things start to come back, people are going to be a bit hesitant to do traditional workshops and conferences and things of that nature for a while. So I would venture to guess it will be years. If I, I don't believe we're ever going to really get back to normal, but to get back to even a semblance of normal, um, I, I think it'll be years before we get there. So I think there's going to be this kind of virtual stuff going on for quite some time which will be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, there's downsides, of course, but I think there's also some upsides and some new opportunities that are going to present themselves. What do you see as upside? I can fill in the downside part. I got no problem there. What do you see as upside? I I can too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so it like, I mean, first of all, you can appreciate this. Uh, It's, it's nice to not have to, and nothing against the hotel industry to not have to sleep in a hotel to go teach a class in Europe or in, you know, a different part of the country. Um, the, the wear and tear of travel is, is, is less. And that's, uh, just on a personal level, that's nice. But I think in general, um, it is really cool to be able to, so like, for example, earlier last month, um, I got a contact from someone in, in Malta that they wanted to do, an actual investigation class and you know normally okay that's let's set that up it's going to take some time to book a travel you know it's going to take quite a while to get that going we were in the class the next week you know we were able to pull it together and get get everybody together and you know do the class the very next week and that was kind of cool to be across the world and you know and they they literally had people from all over their world they had one guy in cambodia while the rest of the people were kind of in europe 
um, doing this class. And so you're able to bring people together in ways that you wouldn't normally be able to do it. Um, and so like, I think that's kind of cool. You also have features within some of the technology that you could use that are not as, it's not as easy to get the same thing in a live class, for example. So like Zoom has like the breakout rooms, right? Right. Where you break people into different rooms. And like in a live class, you can break people up, but unless you have like separate rooms, everybody's there together and they're, you know, it's loud and, and people, you know, it can be distracting, but you can actually have small groups where people can actually have some privacy to really work through an issue before they come back and talk to the whole group. And I think, you know, that might make it easier to talk about some like really interesting, tough issues within an organization that I haven't really fully explored, you know, the potentials of things like that. But I think there's things that are like that, that we can really use and, and get some interesting stuff with. And you think it has the same, mm, the same effectiveness, the same level of stick? No. <laughs> that didn't it, take it, long. That was a good answer. Yeah. So I, I don't know about this. So I think it's going to have different effectiveness. Um, same is definitely a no. Uh, same level, I, that I'm not sure of. you you gotta try to think about these classes different it's a different learning environment you can't just throw you know the same examples up the same slides and and assume that people are going to pick it up a different way um and so i'm sort of forcing myself to to pay attention to things a bit more like how people are responding to it you know even like using things like the chat features on the side you know, um, which can be distracting, but it also, I find that like when you encourage that and people actually engage in it, you actually get some very interesting organic conversations. And so trying to find a way to incorporate that into the lesson somehow where you allow people to kind of have, I mean, it should, theoretically it's a distraction, but it also allows for kind of organic learning to happen. So how can we incorporate things like that? Because at the end of the day, if the students are talking uh, about the lesson more than me, that's, probably a good thing and so how do we do that in a way that adds value i think you know i I think it's time for us to innovate you know um i mean this technology has been around for a while i don't know why we haven't used it oh absolutely i 100 percent agree it's time to innovate anyway because it's time to innovate do you find your humor tracks does your humor carry over i mean my humor always carries over in every context because i'm just i forgot (laughs) i'm sorry for a moment there i forgot I was talking to you, and I thought I was talking yeah, to like exactly. a normal mortal human being, not, yeah, not but super hi- Ron. Hypothetically, for some other lesser person who's <laughs> yes. not nearly as funny or charming as I am, um, no, I mean it's that that's that's the that's one of the hard things, right? Uh, because I mean, we have our sticks, we have our jokes that we make, um, and one of the good things is, you know, having the cameras and stuff, you can kind of see people's reactions. Whereas, you know, some of those webinars where you don't get to see people and you make this joke and you just hear cricket. I mean, you don't hear anything. Uh, You're just looking at yourself on your screen and you're like, ha I'm so funny. Um, That's super awkward. So I don't, it's, I think you gotta like, you gotta think of your jokes a little bit differently too, and find ways to get feedback on them uh, because they may not be landing as well as you think. I mean, I'm, I like to think that I'm funny and everybody loves me, but, um, sometimes that's not accurate. That's true. That's always true. I do. I notice, at least in my experience, I notice that 
the depth and sort of expertise you have in the topic now is more important than ever. It's really yeah. hard to BS your way through uh, a, a web presentation. You just, it just, it, it's really transparent. You can really see through it. And so I think you'll see some delineators there. Um, I, I think you've really said two things. One is you can't, you can't give your regular class and people don't want to take your regular class. I mean, and secondly, you've got to really know your stuff. Yeah. I mean, like in a world where people could Google you, the facts you say in an instant, yeah. like they could do that anyway in a normal class, but now they're right in front of their damn computers. They just got to click and say, uh, actually I call BS on that. Yeah. Um, which I would, you know, so I would, absolutely. I would welcome. I love that. That's, that's my favorite part of anything. Challenge, totally right. challenge me, babies. Challenge me. Yeah. How's this going to change for the guys on the sharp end? Or, or uh, let me translate that into Australian. The pointy end. The pointy end. Um, <laughs> no, I think, uh, do you mean the training itself or just in general? In general, I think. I mean, I think yeah. the training, the training's interesting for us, but I think probably only for yeah. us. I mean, it, yeah. to me, how, how work is changing is yeah. profoundly interesting. And I don't think we have that answer. How safety and reliability and resilience is changing I think is really, really interesting because it's, it's clearly different now. I mean, one of the things that I think is most interesting is that a tremendous amount of rules just went away the last couple months. Essential Absolutely. workers who are working, you know, who normally have to have three signatures on a lockout tagout card didn't have enough people in the admin office to get three signatures. And so that rule just went away and it, it's interesting. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think yeah absolutely this is something I'm saying to to anybody who will listen like now is actually a great time to get out and understand how people are doing the work because you get to see what they think is important and what they don't think is important you get to see what what tools they're using who they're talking to and who they're not talking to um I mean and, and to put a very fine point on it um any organization where the safety people are put into the category of non-essential, that should bother us <laughs> um, because that just shows we're not important for getting work done. And that's, that's should be disconcerting. Yeah. Uh, I, and I think people, I mean, I think that happened. I think people, people saw their role change dramatically kind of before their very eyes and it's exactly. freaky. And so I think uh, as you know, now is the time to start to un refocus on work, Right. What does it take to get the work done? What are people doing to get the work done? What do people need to get the work done? And and if we want to make ourselves essential, how can we orient ourselves to making sure we provide that? And I would add you know? one. I would add one more question. Just just a tiny little question, but I think it's important. What did you miss? So when when the support system was gone, what was missing? What do you want us to take off your back that you don't want to do? What'd you miss? I think those questions are really profound and we've got to ask them and we have to ask them early. I mean, I think, Absolutely. I think that makes a huge difference. It's, um, it's, it's interesting to me that, and, and I should probably ask this instead of tell you. So in the people I've been talking to in the last couple, gosh, months now, wow, that time is, time is weird during this thing. Um, time is a flat circle. Yeah. It's weird. It's just weird. I, I'm noticing something really interesting and that is their injuries are down. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, it doesn't actually, it doesn't really surprise me that much. No, me, me either. Except that when I look at LinkedIn or when I read uh, SSP stuff, they're saying, you know, uh, higher levels of complacency, higher level of distraction, expect more injuries. They're not seeing them. In fact, um, I was just on a, a call with a, a big utility. They said their injuries and accident numbers are way down. In fact, kind of storm response levels. So it's they're virtually at zero, but they're seeing an increased level of preventable motor vehicle. So backing into a pipe, that kind of stuff. Um, it was a really interesting conversation because basically I said, why do you give a crap if people back into a pipe? If they're worried about breathing, Backing into a pipe seems like the least of your worries, and it was it was a great conversation. Why didn't that surprise you? Well, so it it I mean, people rise to the occasion, right? I mean, yeah. in in situations where people are forced to perform, you know, they they do it, right? Um, and and I think it's actually really good for people's mental health to actually be put into situations where they have to rise to a point, right? Like look at any post disaster response. And, you know, we, the kind of the, the myth is that, you know, people are, it's anarchy and there's looting and it's terrible and society crumbles, but that's super rare. Yeah. Most of the time post disaster, you see people, you know, again, rising to the occasion, volunteering the best comes out in us. And I think we're seeing that now. I mean, the people who are doing the work, they realize how important they are, right? They realize how critical they are. And I mean, to me, that that actually is another damning indictment for the rest of the time when we're not we're not making them feel essential and important. And maybe that's part of the problem. So, so that, if that makes sense. So, yeah, no, it totally makes sense. Take that one step farther. So I just uh, uh, I was talking to Dr. David Michaels. Do you know him? Um, he used to be the uh, yeah, he, OSHA. Yeah, he used to be the OSHA dude. And he's an epidemiologist. He's at George Washington. Um, he's going to be on the podcast. Great conversation. Right. Super interesting conversation. We were talking about um, meat processing plants. And what's our role in our profession when a major industry with dramatic risk and dramatic harm, at least on the the virus level on COVID-19 level is forced into work without the benefit of safety regulation. Do we, do we sit by and watch that? Do we talk about it? What do we do? Uh, I mean, I, I, I feel like our role is to, you know, I don't know, to, to use an overly dramatic phrase is to go into the breach, right. To yeah. get in there and, and try to help people. I mean, anytime we see, you know, risk being borne by people like in a way that's forced you know our role is to get in there and try to help them manage it that to me is the essence of what decker talks about when he says safety is an ethical responsibility down right when if we don't help them manage that risk they have to do it there's yeah. no choice well and we right? saw, so we have to go in and do it we saw the most dramatic example of that in hospitals i mean when Absolutely. you don't when you don't give people the the bare minimum of ppe Right. I mean, you can you can give me your your hierarchy of controls all day long, but ultimately, if if they don't have the bare, if they're wearing trash bags instead of surgical drapes or surgical smocks, um, we got trouble. Absolutely. 
And yeah. so what do we do with that? What do we do with the complete lack of capacity uh, or, or the complete reliance on capacity being created by the workers who actually step up to the plate and provide um, essential services in high-risk environments? Well, I think this is – so I guess, you know, immediately I think, you know, we need to be doing what we can and, and asking what else, right? What else can we be doing? Um, especially those people who are in the non-essential category who don't have uh, a lot on their plate at the moment. Well, you could be helping just to, you know, make – look in your community. There's stuff that could be done. So right away, I think, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people are doing that. So I'm not going to beat that horse to death. But I think, you know, if you're not doing that, you know, get on get on that bandwagon and start helping out in your community and, and using your expertise because, you know, you're needed. Um, but secondly, to the broader question, this is I mean, you're, you're saying it, Dave Wood's saying it, everybody's saying it, you know, who should be listened to um, that. This is why we need to change the conversation away from you know, some of these other things in safety that yeah, maybe matter, but are not as important as the conversation about capacity. Yeah. Um, and, and this gets back to, I think, something that's critical in safety is we need to change our language. We need to be using terms like capacity and forcing people to ask the question, hey, when you say capacity, what do you mean? Hey, I'm glad you asked. Let's talk about it. You know, we need to start using that kind of language and getting people to think about it, because once we start to think about it and talk about it, then we start managing it. Um, and that's to me a better, if we come out of this using that kind of language and then managing those kinds of things, I think we're going to be way better off. Told you you'd like it. What do you think? I'm, I try not let, I mean, I try my hardest not to lie to you. So I found that to be really refreshing and encouraging at every level. That was just the conversation I needed. And I hope it's exactly the medicine you needed as well. I, that, that just helps me. It ended on a high note. It talked much more about opportunity than loss. And it talked about the world we're going to inherit um, as we bounce forward to our future. And we've got some control in it. It certainly is time for us to understand how work is done. And most importantly, to strategically and deliberately roll out of this with an improvement strategy. So there you go. I mean, that's what else do you need? That's it strikes me that that's, Nearly a perfect conversation. I would expect no less from Ron Gant. What a guy. Give him a call. He's really attainable and fun and easy to talk to. So that's the podcast for today. I'll talk to you again probably a bunch of times next week. We got nothing but time and uh, and some big, interesting podcasts are rolling their way. So be ready for that. Until then, learn something new every single day. Bet you did today. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be kind to each other. It seems to only matter more and more. The more I say that, the more I really think it's important. And last but not least, for goodness sakes, be safe.